All right. Let's head now to the phones here on the WMAY morning news feed with Congressman Darren LaHood. Congressman, thanks for taking time with us this morning. Uh, I'm Greg Bishop for those tuning in. Uh, and uh, Congressman, we got a lot to get to, so uh, I appreciate you calling in. Hey, Greg, thanks uh, for having me on. Good to be with you and your listeners. So uh, I don't even know where to start. I guess, uh, you know, we've got uh, infrastructure conversations that are going on. We've got new spending bills that uh, the president's looking at, more than $3 trillion. We've already spent trillions of dollars in COVID relief. Uh, What are we going to see with infrastructure and what the Biden administration has called uh, human infrastructure? Yeah, well, uh, first, let me uh, just make a couple observations. One is um, when I travel around my district, whether it's in Springfield or Bloomington or Peoria, when I talk about infrastructure, most people think infrastructure is roads and bridges and locks and dams and uh, what we think of as traditional infrastructure, airports, train systems. What they don't think about uh, when, when, when the word infrastructure is used is social infrastructure, human infrastructure. And we need to do something about our, uh, you know, our traditional infrastructure. And you don't have to drive far in Springfield uh, to worry about uh, blowing out a tire because of a pothole. So I'm all for working on a, a good infrastructure bill. Um, but, but I'm not in favor of raising taxes to do social infrastructure or human infrastructure that involves, uh, you know, child care or public housing or a number of these other things, the Green New Deal we can have that conversation, but that's not infrastructure. So I'm watching the bill that's being negotiated in the U.S. Senate right now, Greg. It is bipartisan. Uh, it does not uh, raise taxes uh, by raising the gas tax. Uh, it's paid for by leftover COVID money, about $500 billion. Uh, it also uh, raises some user fees at airports and train systems. And frankly, uh, I think the user fee system, if you use the airport, you ought to pay a fee. If you use the rail system, you ought to pay a fee. And so I think it um, restructures how do you uh, pay for, uh, you know, fixing up roads and bridges. So I remain optimistic. The Senate will uh, debate this and vote on it probably next week and send it over to the House. It's about a trillion dollar bill. That's a lot of money. Uh, But again, um, it looks like there's a lot of pay for in there and leftover COVID money. And that's something that I could support. Uh, and going to look at, but I'm not going to support raising taxes on the backs of working people throughout central and west central Illinois for social or human infrastructure. I just don't think coming out of the pandemic, this is the time to be raising taxes. And by the way, um, raising the stepped up or changing the stepped up basis is going to affect our farmers. That's a tax. Um, changing the, the capital gains tax and make that retroactive, raising the tax on small businesses. I mean, these are things that uh, I'm not going to support for a, quote, human infrastructure bill. Congressman Darren LaHood with us on the WMAY morning news feed at 743. Uh, and uh, something else that I'm uh, looking more at is, of course, the COVID-19 relief that's already been approved. And the big cities in Illinois got money. Smaller cities under 50,000, they're still waiting on the Pritzker administration to facilitate that. Apparently, Illinois is one of 11 states or jurisdictions uh, that has yet to facilitate the first round of payments for those smaller communities across the state. And then I also have a spreadsheet with so many different lines of different municipalities that didn't claim all or any of the last year COVID relief. Um, Has this been as beneficial or easy for those on the ground, especially in smaller communities, to take part in these uh, relief programs for uh, for the government sector? Well, it hasn't, uh, Greg, and I hear that firsthand from the communities that I'm privileged to represent. I, I 
have 19 counties across central, west central Illinois, many of them small, um, that, that have been, um, you know, that turned back the money, didn't take the money. Um, you know, this is the problem with too much government. Uh, you know, I was proud to support uh, the five different bills last year that were targeted, that went to help people. But the $2 trillion bill that was rammed through Congress earlier this year by Biden with not one Republican vote in the Senate, not one Republican in the House, and you contrast that with the bipartisan bills last year, um, again, this is, you know, the analogy has been used. It's kind of like throwing money out of a helicopter uh, in terms of not targeting that money. And so uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. And then there are clearly municipalities in downstate Illinois that that need that money that uh, because of the shutdown that aren't getting that. And uh, it's frustrating. You know, my district borders Iowa and Missouri, Greg, and I've seen uh, how the governors in those states have implemented looking out for our rural areas um, and, and got the money that's needed there to them for targeted things. Uh, that's not happening in Illinois, and that's a frustration I think we continue to see with the Pritzker administration. Congressman, you were recently uh, appointed to the House Intelligence Committee, uh, so I want to spend a few moments here to talk about uh, some of the things we're seeing happening around the world, uh, from Cuba to South Africa uh, to uh, Haiti, uh, China, Russia. Uh, how many different types of threats, and can you assess the levels of threats uh, that, uh, that are posed by uh, what's happening in some of these other countries? Well, let me, let me, you mentioned Russia. You know, it is very troublesome to see the ransomware attacks that Russia has engaged in. Um, and, and when I look at adversaries like Russia, they're creating safe havens for bad actors who are operating freely in Russia uh, and, and, and with Russia's blessing. And we need to demand at the highest level, and I know Biden met with Putin when he was on his European tour, but we need to demand that these criminals – uh, are responsible that are responsible for these actions are arrested uh, in Russia, um, and that uh, you know that that we send a deterrent message that this type of behavior can't happen. I mean, the world is watching how America deals with these ransom attacks, and uh, you know Biden has to either um, quit capitulating and meeting with Putin and getting no results, or take action. Uh, and there are mechanisms that we can use to do that. There's retaliation we can use to do that, and I think all those things need to be on the table. Um, you also mentioned uh, Cuba. Uh, you know, uh, this is one of the biggest anti-communist uh, demonstrations the country's seen in the last 62 years um, under this dictatorship that's ruled there. I, I give a lot of credit to the people of Cuba in doing this, and, and uh, you know, uh, they're, they're waving the American flag, but they're looking for help from America. Um, and, and we need to be doing everything possible in our intelligence services, in our military services, to support um, the the uh, you know the freedom movement in Cuba right now, and so uh, we are watching that, um, and we cannot continue to tolerate the repressive government and the behavior uh, of the of the Cuban uh, dictatorship. We've also got uh, ongoing uh, uh, issues with China. Um, interesting enough, uh, you know, I think last time we talked, it's been a few months, but uh, in between then, uh, the narrative about uh, a lab leak of the uh, COVID-19 virus seemed to drastically shift from uh, being labeled as conspiracy theory to a lot of people saying, well, you know, wait a second, there might be something to it. Uh, what's the intelligence uh, on, on the, the lab leak theory? When do we get to the bottom of this? Well, the bottom line is I can't talk about what we do on our intel committee. But what I will say is, um, you know, you're exactly right, Greg, in terms of how, uh, you know, when it was brought up last year and earlier this year 
about the uh, origins and the genesis of the COVID virus uh, coming out of a lab. I mean, that was under, uh, you know, by, by some of the media and others in the Democrat Party that was laughed away and saying that was a conspiracy theory. But clearly now when you put together the evidence, that's not the case. Uh, and the evidence more and more leads to the fact that this lab in Wuhan was um, in somewhat some way responsible and could have been fully responsible for what happened with COVID. I mean, how are we ever going to prevent another pandemic, Greg, if we don't find out the origins and genesis of this one? Um, and you look at China's behavior with the World Health Organization, the fact that they were deceitful, they were not up front, they never have been. Um, and, and, you know, in this country, we've had 600 million deaths. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, uh, 2.5 million across the world. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to uh, make sure that China is up front and compliant. Uh, they haven't done that yet. I know Biden finally asked for a 90-day review from um, the CIA and, and the DNI, and I know that's being done right now. Um, and once those results are in, we have to look at taking action to make sure that this never happens again. Um, and, and I just worry that there's not a pr- enough pressure being put on China. Congressman Darren LaHood with us on the WMAY morning news feed. And I've been asking other members of Congress the similar question. Uh, asked Senator Durbin this uh, last week. Asked uh, your colleague, Congressman Davis, this yesterday. And I'll ask you, what's going on with the unidentified aerial phenomenon, the UFOs, the report that was released? Uh, we only got a nine-page report uh, for, for the public uh, to, to digest. And that was, you know, flights that, uh, that uh, government agencies weren't able to identify. So there's still unanswered questions. You look at uh, one of the national UFO reporting databases, and there's dozens over the past 10 years of civilians seeing things in the skies uh, here in Illinois and all throughout central and southern Illinois as well. Uh, What kind of uh, threats are there? What do we know about this? Uh, What kind of intel can you share with us on that end? Well, um, you know, there has been public reporting on it, on this. As you referenced, there was a report issued uh, by the intelligence services. Clearly, it shows that um, there are objects uh, that, um, you know, the military has picked up on, civilians have picked up on, that we don't know the origins of. Uh, now, um, you know, that uh, leaves a lot with our imagination in terms of what's out there. Um, and so I think this is going to continue to be a focus Uh, on our intelligence services, on the military, to find out the origins of this. Um, uh, You know, frankly, I don't know that there was much in there that we weren't already aware of, Greg, um, in terms of past reporting and in terms of previous information. I would also say a number of our other allies around the world have picked up similar sightings of the same um, identified objects. Um, And I think you'll see a continued focus uh, by the military and the intelligence services to get the origins of those. But I'm not sure we learned anything more definitive than we didn't already know before. Congressman Darren LaHood, greatly appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. Uh, And we'll definitely connect on uh, a whole bunch of other issues, including some we touched on today uh, in the near future. All right. Be safe out there. Sounds great, Greg. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.